Welcome to the Meta One Coin Report, exploring the world of private digital currency through the eyes of human rights and empowerment for humanity. Here's your host, Leanne Carroll. Today's podcast is very exciting. We have our very own Fernando with us today talking about the blockchain and all of the components of cryptocurrencies. A lot of our Meta One coin holders are new to crypto, the whole conversation of crypto. A lot of coin holders are Meta One coin only, and some of them are from other cryptocurrency areas coming into Meta One. We are constantly growing, and it's very important to educate. Meta One always tries to bring you up to speed. So we do have our very own Fernando, who is with us talking about, he is a blockchain training specialist. He's our customer support center guru. His training sessions on Thursday evenings every other week have really taught me a lot. I'm very, very excited to have him here. And I'm very grateful for the information that I've learned from Fernando. And every time I talk with Fernando, light bulbs go off and I understand it just a little bit more. So we are doing a a training this week. As as a matter of fact, this is a Thursday training and it's going to be on tokens. What's the difference between a a coin and a token and what is a smart contract? So you can get a little bit more in depth with Fernando and his training and also signing on with MetaOne Coin will also just just opening account at MetaOne.io will give you access to a lot of the things that we talk about, plus our training videos. So without further ado, Fernando, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for the warm introduction, Leanne. Uh, It uh, makes me very happy to know that uh, whenever I teach people about blockchain, that they're learning a lot. So uh, it makes me very happy to know that uh, my work is helping people to understand more about the blockchain. And uh, yeah, in today's podcast, uh, I believe we're going to start by talking about what the blockchain is, right? Yes, the very foundation, the blockchain, the purpose. If you want to get into it, I really liked your explanation of the reason why we have blockchains, how blockchains were born, and then getting into exactly what a blockchain is. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to think of the best way to explain what the blockchain is, because, I mean, there's a lot of ways to, uh, you know, the blockchain has a lot of scenarios, right? It's, It's got a lot of things going on, smart contracts, tokens, coins, a lot of nodes, mining. Uh, there's a lot going on in the blockchain. So um, let's begin to- with what a block is. I really liked your your um, transparency consensus or your transparency story <clears throat> in the beginning. But let's go ahead and just um, let's, let's just talk about the block. What is a block in the blockchain? Okay, so a block contains information regarding the blockchain. Uh, you know, how many tokens they are inside the block. Uh, you know, what, uh, you know, if it's a blockchain generation one, it's a blockchain generation two, meaning uh, if it can, uh, 
handle smart contracts or if it cannot handle smart contracts. So in the block, you find all the information regarding the blockchain, what it is, what it can do, and all that good stuff. So right now, uh, you know, there's, I, I believe we, we are in the third generation of blockchains, meaning that blockchains now can uh, do a lot more than what they could do before when the first blockchain started, which was Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a genesis of, of uh, blockchain. It means that the, the first block ever available in, in the whole uh, blockchain universe was Bitcoin. And yeah, Bitcoin was a generation one, uh, which means that there were no smart contracts available. The only thing that you could do was send transactions. Um, and you know, these transactions, they are stored in the blocks. And in the block, you know, you have uh, information regarding on where this transaction is going. And when I say transaction, you know, a Bitcoin, the, the Bitcoin blockchain uh, stores how many Bitcoins they're available on, on the Bitcoin blockchain. And it also stores uh, who is receiving what and like, where is it going? Where is it coming from? And uh, it can also store messages. So that's the only thing that the Bitcoin blockchain could do uh, to keep trace of where the Bitcoins are going, like in and out and to store messages. So it's, it's kind of like a notary, right? So the blockchain is a notary. And, uh, you know, since it's generation one, you're just sending a, a, a piece of paper saying this transaction went from A to B and uh, this amount of money or Bitcoins or whatever was sent from A to B. And uh, you can add a tiny message, you know, like, hey, I'm sending you a Bitcoin to purchase the, the, I don't know, a pizza tonight. And that's pretty much, you know, the whole uh, functionality of the blockchain. And it sounds super simple. And you're saying, okay, so why do we need this? Okay. So the reason why we need the blockchain is because the blockchain is a decentralized system that can be run in all the computers in the universe. So if you run a Bitcoin node in your computer, you're contrib contributing to uh, making the blockchain transparent. What do I mean by this? So, okay, let's compare blockchain to the banking system. The banking system, you know, they have their nodes and their servers. I don't know where they have them, but they're private. And the only people that they're uh, allowed to participate in their private blockchain, let's call it blockchain. I don't even know what they have. It's probably a more amateur technology. Um, only they can participate in their system, meaning that the information is private, is not public and they can alter the information. So, I mean, they can create money out of thin air. They can steal money. Uh, I'm going to use an example that I always use. Let's, um, let's say there's an earthquake here in Mexico. And, uh, you know, all the countries in the world want to pitch in some money to help the people uh, in Mexico because there was an earthquake. So they send money to, to, to the government and we, we receive this money. And then, uh, you know, what happens with that money? Like, okay, thank you for, for your cooperation. Thank you for helping the people from Mexico. 
who keeps that money? You know, what are they going to do with that money? And uh, I live here in Mexico, so I know that the Mexican government is one of the most corrupt governments in the whole universe. So let's say they send a hundred million dollars. And of those a hundred million dollars, knowing the government, the Mexican government, they're only going to give $500,000 to the people and the rest are going to steal it. So that's, that's a private, uh, that's a centralized system. So only the people that control the system know what's going on because it's completely private. And you know, the, um, the transactions, the ledger is not public. So they can, they can, uh, you know, create money of thin air and uh, they can steal, you know, the money. And it's, it's a complete chaos. It's a complete mess. And when we have the blockchain, this is no longer possible because the, the blockchain is immutable and public. So when I say immutable, it means that it cannot be changed. Uh, the information is always what it is. Why? Because you have nodes all over the planet confirming what the blockchain is. So every time there is a new block, all the computers in the planet running a node are confirming that this happened. So it is not possible to change the information. In order to change the information inside a block, you would have to hack at least 51 of the, of the whole computers in the planet within 10 minutes, because that's the average time that a, that a block um, takes to get um, created in the, in, the, in the Bitcoin blockchain. So you would have to hack 51% of all the computers in the planet in order to change the, the information. That's, that's impossible. I mean, it is, you would have to be an AI god or an alien or some quantum guy to, to, to um, make that happen. Right now, it is impossible, and probably it will always be impossible. So that makes uh, the, the Bitcoin blockchain super secure, and it is not possible to, to, to tamper with. So that's, that, that's amazing. And going into the next section of what, what I was trying to uh, let you know, is that every, every uh, transaction in the Bitcoin blockchain is public. So let's say that we send those $100 million to the Mexican government and they arrive on the Bitcoin blockchain. We know when they arrived and we know wh where they're going. So the moment they, they try to sell those Bitcoins to help the people and all that, we know exactly where every single penny of that Bitcoin is going to. We're going to see that, you know, a million dollars went to buying, uh, you know, food, a uh, million dollars went to buying, uh, you know, tents. Uh, $10 million went to uh, rebuild the city and all that good stuff. So that's why we uh, pretty much have a war going on against cryptocurrencies right now. Uh, because the government knows that the moment we accept blockchain, it is bye-bye corruption. It will no longer be possible to steal stuff. It will no longer be uh, possible to hide information. The moment we accept blockchain is the moment that corruption is eradicated from the planet Earth. No, it will be like impossible to be corrupt because everything will be public and the information cannot be hacked. The information cannot be changed. 
it's I mean, it, it's amazing. The power of blockchain is amazing. And that is why we have countries with like very uh, low values like China or India or even in the United States right now. I, I think that uh, the, US, the United States are going right now through a very dark period. Uh, that's why they, uh, they are having a very hard time embracing blockchain because they know that the moment that they embrace blockchain, it is over for corruption. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the reason why we're having a, a, a very strong war against cryptocurrencies. We have a lot of people saying that they don't want Bitcoin, that crypto is a scam and all that. And it, it, is, it is because of that. It is because this simple algorithm can destroy corruption in the world. And I know there's good people in China and I know there's amazing people in the United States and there's amazing people everywhere, but there's also people that are not amazing and they want to keep power to, their, to themselves. So that's, that's uh, you know, that's the purpose of blockchain. The, the, the moment blockchain is adopted is the moment the good people win. So yeah. that's, that's well, pretty it's much all, it. Yeah, yeah it, it's being adopted pretty well in a, in a variety of industries too. Well, let's go into version two of the blockchain or um, generation, the second generation. I think, I think meta one is actually in the fourth generation. Meta one is a fourth generation. Well, I think right now we're like in uh, like version 3.0, but by 2022, we should be on version 4.0 where we are going to have a quantum technology attached to it and it's, yeah. it's it's crazy because i don't even fully understand it but uh, i i know it's, it's gonna be uh crazy because we use photons to run the blockchain and we're, we're using uh instead of using bits we're using qubits and uh yeah it's it's, it's crazy yeah, yeah yeah very fast I don't, i don't fully understand yet what what's gonna be different because like i said right now uh we're uh it's still a theory it's still not fully implemented i i guess we're gonna see what's gonna happen uh you know next year but uh exciting times ahead we're, we're gonna have yeah. a, an amazing new uh blockchain technology and who knows we might even uh in the future be a top 10 coin we'll see how, how oh, we go absolutely I, i think we are now <clears throat> let's talk about smart contracts Okay, yeah, awesome. Do you, do you have any uh, question in specific? About the block? <clears throat> well, you were saying too, there's different ways to, to complete a block. And the reason why it's called a block is because there's four sides and each side is completed. And once the block is completed, how does, how does a block gather information and how is a block completed on the blockchain? Okay, I feel like because you asked me about smart contracts, so I feel like we're kind of like uh, moving away from that. I feel like. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was thinking that you were asking me about um, do I have questions about the blocks? I'm like, well, actually, yeah, we could we could get a little uh, bit deeper into yeah. the block. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about the black uh, about the blocks, but uh, you know, we I feel like we need to have like um, like a road. And go like from one subject to another sub subject, so we can touch all the subjects and for them to make sense. Because okay. if, they, if if we start uh, talking about 
blocks. And then uh, we want to start about uh, smart contracts. We're getting outside of the, you know, the road of how I'm trying to make everyone okay. understand, uh, you know, the whole process on the blockchain. So pretty much a smart contract. Uh, remember what I was telling you that, you know, um, the blockchain in Bitcoin is generation one. And pretty much what you're sending on the blocks are uh, like notes letting you know about uh, who sent an amount of money from from A to B and, you know, how blockchain generation one can only do that. Maybe also at memos. Well, let's think about it. Blockchain generation one is just a piece of paper on the blockchain that contains that information. But blockchain generation two with smart contracts, instead of having a piece of paper, now you have a tablet. So it's a piece of paper with a computer inside of it. So it no longer only just uh, processes transactions and, uh, you know, money went from A to B. Now blocks ha can have computers inside of them. And these computers can take decisions. So smart contracts can create video games, can create metaverses, can create law. Uh, you can create, uh, you know, law on the blockchain uh, in a way that um, instead of trusting people, let's say that you and me, we're going we're gonna to do business and I have to trust you. You know, I, I got to trust that you're not, not, not going to steal my money and that everything is going to be transparent. So with smart contracts, there's really no need for us to trust each other because since all the money is in the blockchain, there's going to be these smart contracts that say, uh, whenever you know we make profit, 50% is going to go to uh, address A and 50% is going to go to address B. So smart contracts pretty much are um, a way for us to get rid of all the third parties. So eventually we're, we're, no, we're no longer going to need presidents. We're no longer going to need, uh, you know, senators or all these people in the government taking decisions for us because they're corrupt. So whenever we leave the option for people to decide to us, for, uh, for us, I'm sorry, they, they always do not think on our best interest. So sometimes they can be corrupt and, you know, I'm going to take this decision because it benefits me. But, but if we replace the government with smart contracts, we, uh, you know, we can participate by staking our tokens and depending on, well, I'm, I'm going a little far out using the word staking because I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know what staking is but I'm going to try to simplify it. So let's say that I, I have an amount of tokens. So my tokens give me a right to vote and I'm going to vote on the blockchain and we're all going to vote in the blockchain and we're going to create rules for society. So once we create, uh, once we vote, we create a smart contract and let's say that um, everyone in the US voted and we make a new rule like, if you steal money from the government, it is uh, the highest level of betrayal and is punishable by death. And that's why Singapore did. Uh, Singapore like 
30 years ago was like a very corrupt country, super poor. There were a lot of problems and they changed uh, the government. They created this new system where if you steal money, if you're corrupt, it is punishable by death and that's it. And boom, 20 years later, Singapore is the best country in the planet. Well, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure if it's the best country in the planet, but it, it is the second or third best country in the planet right now. So we can reach that level of consensus using blockchain and uh, you know, um, using smart contracts, we vote. And if the majority of the people say like, hey, this is a good rule, uh, you know, not only on, on, on laws that have to do with our country, but also like paying taxes and uh, a lot of stuff. You know, you can use smart contracts for a lot of stuff. So they, I mean, they're something amazing that can change our uh, world entirely because they help make corruption less, less possible now. So you, there, there's, there's going to be no need for for governments, there's going to be no need for lawyers, there's going to be no need for third parties, because everything is going to be done through smart contracts. And that scares a lot, you know, the people in power. I don't know if like what I just said uh, made sense or was it too complicated? No, actually, it was good. So the smart contract set the parameters for the rules, basically. Correct. Yeah, yeah, you just, you nailed it. You just described what smart contracts are. So instead of having these judges with these laws and, you know, you know, whenever we have a case in court, uh, the judges uh, make decisions based on a lot of uh, things going on. Maybe you don't know, but the, the, the person being uh, prosecuted paid a million dollars to the judge. So the judge is going to be like, okay, yeah, well, I, I feel like, you have, uh, you know, what you're saying is right. And according to the U.S. system, you should be punished, but I'm not going to do it. And then everyone's like, what was going on? And you don't really know what's going on. I mean, is the judge really that stupid or, or did something happen? Yeah. Did someone come and pay like $100 million for the judge to take that decision? So that's no longer going to be possible. That's, you know... There's, there, there's no longer going to be judges. There's no longer uh, going to be possible to bribe people to think differently. There's going to be smart contracts and there is no way to fool a smart contract. Once you implement smart contracts to our uh, governance, to uh, our, our way of life, the, the human race is going to flourish. We're, we're, we're going to become an entirely different species. Our values are going to be different. Our monetary systems are going to be different. The way we rule are going to be different. We're going to go from being like the homo sapiens to like a very beautiful species, like with, with values and, and amazing. I mean, blockchain is only here to make humans a better species. I think so too. I love your idea of the blockchain putting halos over everyone's heads. Yeah. Well, maybe not halos, but uh, hey, if you mess up, <clears throat> all the information is going to be public so yeah you're, you're going to get prosecuted and you know and if the if the majority of the people vote that your punishment should be death that's going to be it you know and that's yeah. going to that's going to scare a lot of people you know people are going to be like okay well if i'm going to get killed i'm just going to be a good guy from now on 
Yeah. So um, is, is there a third version? <clears throat> uh, yeah, there's a third version of the blockchain right now. And uh, I mean, it, 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 um, it's pretty much smart contracts evolved. It's uh, creating a metaverse where you have uh, like a virtual reality and you're going to use uh, blockchain for keeping uh, medical records and, you know, vehicle uh, records and all that stuff. But I feel like it's still in development. I feel like uh, blockchain 3.0, it's, it's where we're at right now, but we're not fully there yet. It's still being developed. And I feel like 2022, uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, development on blockchain 3.0. And it also has a lot to do with DeFi, with, uh, you know, decentralized finance, which decentralized finance is going gonna, is gonna to change a lot the way we earn money. So right now, um, we're, we're in a race against inflation. So every year that you have your money in the bank, usually, uh, you know, inflation makes your money about 4% less every year. So if you have $100 in your bank next year, yeah, you're going to have your $100, but it's actually going to be worth $96. So uh, the purchasing power is less every year. So now with COVID, starting 2019, we had the COVID, which, uh, you know, the whole pandemic. And because of the pandemic, the U.S. government had to print about uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the exact amount of money they printed, but it was like 40% of the whole uh, monetary supply in the planet. Uh, it was like 20, 30 trillion dollars, I think. Yeah. It, it was a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Of it was a lot. It was a lot. And thanks to that, from 2019 to 2021, your money is now about 30% depreciated. So I don't know if you, you've seen, but the price of wood skyrocket, the price of oil skyrocket, the price of gas skyrocket, all the price for everything, rent, food, uh, a piece of steak was like $10, uh, like in 2019. Now it's like $17. So everything went, it skyrocketed. And uh, that's not fair. I mean, the government doesn't really care because they have in their power uh, a printer. They have a, a money printer and they can print all the money in the world they want. Uh, I believe it was in 1971 that Nixon uh, created a rule where we are no longer uh, under the gold standard. And uh, when they did that, you know, pretty much what they said is, uh, yeah. Money is not backed by, by gold now, so we can print all the money in the world we want. Uh, well, they didn't say that. I mean, that, that, that was the purpose behind of having money not backed by gold, but they, 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 he didn't really say why. And now, you know, a couple of years later, we understand why. And it's because they wanted to print all the money possible so that they can uh, build infrastructure for the United States. So... By being able to print all the money you want, you can make the United States huge. You can make a lot of buildings, a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of development, all that stuff. And that's great for the, the, for the de development of the, of the country. But they didn't take into consideration 
what that would uh, create for, you know, for the people, for, you know, for the middle class, for the lower class, for the upper class, you created, um, you, you created an unsustainable inflation. So every year, starting from 1971 to today, every year there's inflation, there's inflation, there's inflation. So back in the day, uh, my parents, you know, when they were young, they could have a, a job and uh, buy a house, enough money to travel and all that good stuff. And now my generation, uh, you know, most of the people, my generation, unless they invested in Bitcoin like five or four years ago, they won't be able to buy a house. I mean, probably, uh, you know, our children, they will barely be even to rent a, 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 uh, an apartment because 10 years ago, renting, a, you know, an apartment in a, you know, a cheap place, in the United States was like a thousand dollars and, you know, minimum wage was like, uh, let's say $10. So you're making, uh, how much, like a thousand six hundred dollars a month. And you have to pay a thousand dollars for the, for, for rent. And you got to pay electricity and you got to pay food and you're barely meeting, you know, the minimum to survive. And 10 years later, Uh, you know, that apartment's not a thousand dollars anymore. It's a thousand six hundred dollars due to inflation. So pretty much by creating this system that Nixon approved, you are you're creating a society that is not sustainable. Most people five years from now, five years from now, won't even be able to uh, rent an apartment by themselves. They're going to have to live with their mom and with their fathers. And, you know, uh, they're barely be, uh, they're, they're barely going to be able to survive. And that's yeah, a lot of European countries are like that too. Yeah. So and it can... all, yeah. And it all comes down to Nixon. Nixon made a decision that affected the whole world. All the currencies in the planet earth are pegged to the U S dollar. If the U.S. dollar does something wrong, the whole planet is affected. If the president of the United States makes a, a bad decision, it affects the whole planet. So Nixon and the U.S. government made a decision that affected the whole planet and the whole planet is suffering because of it. Inflation is super high. People uh, like uh, maybe uh, I mean, maybe in the United States, they're still getting by. It's not as bad as maybe India Or, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, super... if, if you live in a country where you can't, where the central bank doesn't have the ability to print money, you're really in a very yeah. difficult place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you just nailed it. You just nailed it. So if you live yeah. in a country where the central banks don't have the ability to print money, you're, you're effed. And the, yeah. only, the only countries allowed to print money are the ones in the G7. So if you're a part of the G7, which is uh, the United States, Canada, Germany, pretty much the people that were involved in the, in the Second World War. You have all the benefits. You have all the benefits of the printing the money. And if you're a part of the G20 or all the other countries, you're screwed. You're gonna, you gotta do what, you know, what the G7 tells you or else we're gonna give you economical sanctions and you're gonna end up like Venezuela. I yeah. And, and actually, crypto is, is really helping Venezuela and bringing yeah. these crypto currency systems online now can prevent some of the difficulty that you're talking about. I know that with Meta One, you can your currency will not 
continue to devaluate, it will increase in value. So you have something to pass on to your kids. You have something Correct. you use to, to purchase a house. Everything's not going to be slipping through your fingers. So you can take a moment to breathe and to do what means something to you. You don't have to take a hamster wheel job. You can create, you can, it, it brings integrity. It brings equity and honor back to humanity. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly why we're here. And because of all of the points that you just made. Yeah. Meta one. I mean, if meta one succeeds, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the the power that meta one can bring to the planet earth. It's, it's incredible because not, not only meta one is a cryptocurrency that appreciates in value. It's also like a, a way of life. I don't know. Are you familiar with the universal law and all that stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So not only are we bringing a new monetary system, we're also bring, bringing a new way of thinking. We're bringing a new way of, you know, how we're going to live life as human beings. How yeah. are we going to interpret the law? And, we're, and the, the purpose of the universal law that uh, Meta One is uh, proposing to society, it's a very beautiful way. Of, of looking at life and, uh, you know, understanding that technically right now we're, um, we're numbers for a corporation. And the moment we're born, we don't agree to be a part of the game, but they immediately attach us to this game that we never agreed to. So the universal law is, you know, saying like, hey, wait a minute. When did I agree to be a part of this game? Uh, why? Uh, I mean, you're not respecting my values of a human being. So stop. Let's create a new law and let's let's make a new uh, economic system and a new uh, a new law where we respect everyone and we create a better society. So if Meta One, you know, is able to overcome all all these limitations that we have right now because we're we're in battle with the SEC and we're in battle with China and we're we're, we're battle with everyone because they know that you know once we're out there, we're gonna change the world entirely. You know, if, if we do uh, get out there and, you know, we overcome all these uh, barriers that we have right now, we're going to change the world. So it's, it's well, we are changing the world. We, yeah. are, changing. we yeah. are overcoming the barriers and we are moving forward and we our offering is available and anyone can log on to metaone.io, create an account, learn about it explore they can purchase coins they can get on the exchange they can they can do a whole lot now they can get on universal law go through the 10 hour course is it 10 or 15 hours do you know i don't know. i don't, I don't I remember don't but it's long it's long but it's it's a yeah it's it's very well put together it's a great education you need a you need a very sharp pencil and definitely take notes so that you can go back and remember everything that that you're taught and then you go through a process of saying, no, I am actually not that corporate entity, that corporate fiction that I was assigned at birth. I'm, I'm actually here. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take control of that corporate fiction right now. So you, you operate in the fictional world and the human world at the same time. And it is Justin, I, I love his comparison of the fictional world and the real world to operating in the matrix. 
Yeah. Whether you're yeah, plugged yeah, in into the artificial or whether you're in the real it's, and it is, it's a mindset, just like you were saying, 10% of it is learning about the, about it. And th these things you will never learn in school. And 90% of it is understanding. I would say the, the kids today know something's not quite right. There's something that smells of something's not quite right. Yeah. So people are ready. People are ready for this. And it is exciting. I'm glad you brought up universal law and the, the purpose for our existence. It is, um, it is divine and it is um, exciting. Yeah. So Justin, let's talk about, are you ready to move to, are we finished with blockchain? Are, uh, could you say that again? Are, are we finished with blocks and blockchain? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, we already went through the basics on what the blocks are, the blockchain and all that. I don't and know. I think we define smart contracts. Yeah, 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 as okay. well. Okay, so next, do you want to move to wallets or exchanges next? Um, let me give, give me, a, I'm trying, like I said, I have to make sure that I'm taking uh, the viewer or the people listening to the podcast through the right way so that everything clicks. I don't want to talk about a more advanced subject. And then they're like, hey, but I don't know what a wallet is. So I, I, I guess I, I just answered my own question. Let's go. Let's go with wallets. Let's go. Okay. With wallets. So let's define. Let's first define what a wallet is. Okay. So a wallet, there's pretty much two uh, types of wallets. There's cold wallets and hot wallets. So okay. a cold wallet is a wallet that stores your cryptocurrencies offline. And uh, a hot wallet is a wallet that stores your cryptocurrencies online. So what's the difference? So there's, there's a lot going on on blockchain these days. There's DeFi, smart contracts, trading, futures. There's, there's a, lot of way to a lot of ways to interact with the blockchain right now. And if you have your cryptocurrencies stored in a cold wallet, they're offline. Uh, saying that, uh, for example, we have hardware wallets. Hardware wallets are a way of storing your cryptocurrencies offline. It's like a USB you put your cryptocurrencies in the USB and you store them uh, under your bed or on a drawer and that's it. And it's impossible. I'm sorry. It's impossible to have hack your cryptocurrencies because they're stored offline. They're not interacting with the blockchain. I mean, you, you're just leaving them there to sell them maybe in the future, but you're not interacting with the blockchain. You're not doing anything with them. And with okay. hot wallets, you are interacting with the blockchain. So you're, you're using your cryptocurrencies to earn more cryptocurrencies. The problem is that you're connected to the internet. So if you're not smart and you're like, uh, you know, opening random emails or, you know, uh, visiting um, unsecure websites, you can get a Trojan, you can get a virus and you can get hacked. So I always recommend if you're going to be interacting with the blockchain, if you're going to be using uh, liquidity pools, staking, uh, futures, NFTs, all that good stuff, uh, yield farming, which those are pretty advanced subjects, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to there eventually. But those are ways of earning interest in your cryptocurrencies. So if you're going to do that, you, you better have a computer just for that. 
you have a computer for playing video games and you know watching movies or whatever it is that you do uh yeah so use your computer for that and your computer for for um cryptocurrencies and all that good stuff that's a good and, advice yeah yeah so i mean or well i mean if you're going to be interacting with the blockchain if you're not going to be interacting with the blockchain you send your cryptocurrencies over to a to a cold wallet and that's it so yeah uh and with the hot wallets you can have mobile wallets that are um pretty much uh wallets in your phone you can have your phone and um there's these wallets where you can store your cryptocurrencies like trust wallet or the meta one uh mobile wallet i'm not sure if it's out there yet but if it's not it should be any any moment now and you can do, use these wallets to interact like i just said uh with all these protocols to earn interest and if you have them in the cold wallet it is not possible to do so so yeah that's pretty much uh you know what they're for uh wallets are for sending and receiving cryptocurrencies uh if if you have a wallet in your in your uh, phone and you have a you know a hardware wallet in in the, the USB that I talked about uh I can send money from from the from the phone to the USB or I can send uh from the USB to an exchange or from an exchange to a to a phone so that's pretty much what wallets are they're like um a digital place where you store your money and there's two kinds of, of of wallets hot wallets and cold wallets i don't okay. know if that made sense and mm -hmm. if there's anything specific that you would like to ask me about what i just said okay so a wallet is like an address that you have your currencies on and you can send and receive from this address you don't Or have I would, to yeah i would say a wallet's more like a bank account right And depending which wallet you're using, which cryptocurrencies you can deposit. Um, usually, you know, when you just create the wallet, you can just use the wallet in which uh, the, the blockchain, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. So when you create a wallet, the wallet is inside a blockchain. So usually when you create that wallet, you can only use the cryptocurrencies offered in that blockchain. But then when when uh, once you're doing development on the wallet, you can add more blockchains into the wallet. So maybe in the beginning, you can only uh, deposit ERC-20 tokens, which are Ethereum uh, cryptocurrencies. And maybe in the future now, you can deposit uh, BIP-20 tokens, which are Binance Smart Chain tokens and the, and the, the Binance uh, token coin, I'm sorry. And maybe in the future, you can deposit Meta One coins or Phantom blockchain coins. But it, it, I mean, it, it requires development. It, there's, there's a way. I feel like I'm already going to more advanced subjects, but um, I'm still going to okay. explain it. Maybe, maybe you'll understand. Um, how, how many wallets should a person have? It, that, that would, would you recommend just having one wallet? I would say as, as much as possible because, well, I would recommend you, I mean, if you have a big amount of cryptocurrencies, store them in your cold wallet. Like let, like your, your starting point for crypto should be buy a hardware wallet and store all your cryptocurrencies offline. 
once you you do that, you have your hardware wallet. You stole as you you store all your cryptocurrencies offline. Then let's say I'm gonna take ten percent of all my cryptocurrencies and I'm gonna store them in a hot wallet. Uh, let's let's say the hot wallet we're gonna use is gonna be a cryptocurrency exchange. Let's say we're gonna use Coinbase or or Binance. Uh, once we're there we can interact with the blockchain. Let's see, okay, let's see how I can interact with the blockchain. So you can lend uh, your cryptocurrencies, uh, you, can, you can borrow them and earn interest, or you can stake them, or you can uh, provide liquidity and a liquidity pool, or you can do a lot of things. You know, the blockchain is always evolving, so there's always new ways to earn interest. But before you uh, like go all in, and take all your cryptocurrencies out of a cold wallet and start interacting with you know all these protocols. First, you have to do baby steps. You gotta make sure that you're not doing something you shouldn't, and you lose all your money or you get hacked. So yeah, uh, the first thing you should do is store all your cryptocurrencies in a, in a cold wallet, and then little by little get some money out and start interacting with the blockchain. And you know always uh, make as much wallets as possible because let's say that uh, in Uniswap, which is a decentralized exchange, you can earn interest on Ethereum and uh, maybe, I don't know, Chainlink, which is another cryptocurrency, but you cannot earn interest with Binance Coin and uh, Pancake, PancakeSwap, which is uh, it's a cryptocurrency on the, on the Binance blockchain. And uh, in the Binance blockchain, you can earn interest with those cryptocurrencies. So it is, uh, and you have both cryptocurrencies. You have Chainlink, Ethereum, you have Binance Coin and PancakeSwap. So in one exchange, you're going to earn interest on your Ethereum. In one exchange, you're going to earn interest on your, on your Binance. In one exchange, you're going to earn interest on your Meta One. In one exchange, you're going to earn interest on your Phantom blockchain. So there's just a the way of- to... Okay. Let me, let me stop you right there before you get too far into that. Yeah. What about using wallets to do peer-to-peer transactions? Uh, yeah, you can do that. Just, I mean, you, you, we can, uh, I mean, if I, I, I have my phone right now and you have your phone right now and you want to send money to me and I want to send money to you, that's completely possible. We don't need the bank. We don't need the government. No one has to be, you know, there, there, ha- there has to be no middleman between us in order for us to to do that so it is completely possible we can do peer-to-peer trading and it's as simple as click click copy paste that's it okay and you could actually have say a wallet on a um a hot wallet and you can use that hot wallet to say pay somebody for painting your house that type of thing yeah absolutely yeah and we can make a smart contract you know, that I send you the money, but the money will only be delivered once we both accept. So that's like a protocol. That's uh, we created a smart contract because I can send you the money and you disappear, you know. Oh, that's interesting. You can set parameters as you yeah. create your transactions. Yes, correct. So let's use an example. I use the Binance um, exchange. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I want to sell um, cryptocurrencies and I want money in my bank, what I do is I do peer-to-peer trading. 
So I look, uh, you know, there's there's like a section where I see people looking to buy cryptocurrencies peer to peer. So I look for that section and I, I, I see all the people buying peer to peer and they have a reputation. So I choose the people with the best reputation and uh, I'm like, hey, I want to sell $10,000 worth of uh, USDT uh, to you and you're going to send them to this bank account. So I upload my USDT to the Binance exchange. I don't, I mean, I, I upload them, but I do, I do not send them to him. So I upload them and he has to send the money to me first. Once the money uh, hits my bank account, I click accept and the Binance exchange releases the funds and they arrive to his wallet. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It does. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's protocols with smart contracts. We can create protocols to make the system fair for everyone. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's different protocols. There's a protocol that enables this function. There's a protocol that enables that function. And you can decide which protocols work best for you. If you don't agree with those rules, you can use a different protocol. If, if, if you use that different protocol and you don't agree with those rules, you can use a different protocol. There's there's always people building new stuff and you can yeah. decide what works best for you. Yeah, and that is um, the whole purpose for crypto and, and decentralized finance is creating choice. Correct. And so there is choice and preference. It's it's like um, go where you're treated best. Yeah, so that's, exactly. And, that's, and, and I think that's actually going to be the sifting uh, pot that will, um, uh, there's so many crypto projects. When I was learning about them all, I was imagining them like small wineries. You know, there's all these wineries creating wines, you know, and um, the crypto projects remind me of, of wineries. Yeah. <laughs> there's lots of wineries out there and some make it to the top and some remain boutique and some make it and some don't. So, yeah. Yeah, I know that that makes uh, total sense. The only difference I would say here is that blockchain is a very uh, unique ecosystem because, well, society society is crazy. And society always tries to make uh, competition. Like, oh, the Ethereum blockchain is better. The Meta One blockchain is better. The Biden blockchain is better. But blockchain does not work like that. Blockchain Blockchain is an ecosystem that right now we're creating new technologies so they can become interoperable so that they can communicate with each other. So let's say that Ethereum is going through a lot of transactions right now and, you know, it's, it's glitching or it's not, uh, it's not allowed to, to, to work properly because it's too much. So it communicates with another blockchain. So it's going to send some of the load over to another blockchain. So they're all kind of like friends. They're not competing against each other. We're all friends here. We're all helping each other. There's this blockchain that's one of my favorites that is called the Phantom blockchain. The Phantom blockchain, I think, is the only blockchain right now that can do uh, uh, what I'm, I'm going to tell you. Uh, so it is a blockchain that... Um, is the best friend of everyone because the moment you your 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 blockchain is glitching it is not uh is not able to process transactions or whatever because it's too much you can use 
uh, the phantom blockchain and attach it to yours. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Ethereum or Binance, Cardano, Meta One. You can go to a phantom and attach it to yours. And phantom can work as a second layer solution. So you have first layers and second layers. Uh, first layers are the blockchains and second layers are like protocols that you attach to your blockchain to, to help them. It's like improvements. It's a second layers are like a way to optimize your, your blockchain. So we have uh, these um, new second layers like uh, Matic, which uh, now is Polygon or Seller, which are like these protocols that you attach to other blockchains to make them better. But these are second layer. These um, th these okay. aren't these aren't really blockchains. But Phantom works as a as a first layer and a second layer at the same time. So it is a blockchain and a protocol. So this is a new technology that it's amazing because, like I said, we're not here here in blockchain. There's no enemies. There's only friends, you know. And once we get the technology uh, for all blockchains to be interoperable, they're all gonna communicate to each other and it's gonna be a huge uh, ecosystem and it's gonna be amazing because there's gonna be a lot of rewards. You're gonna be able to earn Ethereum, Binance and uh, Phantom, Meta One, and you're gonna be able to trade against each other to, to earn more, more, more tokens. So uh, if you're a good trader, I mean, you're gonna be able to make a lot of money just by, by being smart. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's not like in the real world where uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi, they're, you know, they're fighting against each other for the market. Here, we're all friends and we're all building a, a community and we're all working to make the, the, the world a better place. So that's, that's what I love about blockchain, that, you know, the, the end game of blockchain is to create an ecosystem to change the world. But, you know, people's mentality is super bad and they're like, always fighting against each other and trying to make everyone look bad when we're all just trying to grow together. You know, we're all trying to make money to create value, grow together and make society a, a better place. But I guess yeah. in the future, people uh, will be more, more open-minded. They're, they're going to realize that, you know, we're all friends here. Yeah. It's all about getting off the hamster wheel and making your life have greater meaning and purpose. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone, everyone here that's made a lot of money in cryptocurrency has a different mindset. They're like, man, I, I won the lottery. Like, I'm happy. I'll help you out. It's it's not like the old way of thinking like, oh, I I busted my my ass to get to where I am right now. So I'm going to be an uh, an A word, uh, you know, with everyone. And uh, I'm going to I'm just going to be a mean guy and I'm going to make it hard for everyone because it was super hard for me. So it's going to be super hard for you. You know, people that made a lot of money with cryptocurrencies are like usually super friendly and are like, man, I won the lottery and my life changed. I'm going to I'm going to make things easy for everyone. You know? So yeah. It's, uh, it's like finding Jesus. Yeah. It's like finding Jesus. Exactly. Finding, <laughs> yeah. I found, yeah. The, I found the light. I found the truth. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And it and, is like that a lot. Well, it is, it, it is like that for a lot of people. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that they've had a bad luck with the blockchain. There's people that, you know, they've lost a lot of money, but that's because I feel that all comes back to your mentality. I, I have a lot of friends that, you know, I, I try to teach them about blockchain and how to invest uh, in blockchain and how to make money. 
And, you know, after three days of using the blockchain, they already think they're better than me. They already think that they know, know more about me that I've been here for like five years. And then uh, they, they lose all their money and they, they want to blame me. And I'm like, dude, I'm so happy that you lost all your money because this is a life lesson. This is life telling you that, that you're an idiot and that you always want to eat the whole world and you feel like you're better than everyone else and you feel that, that, that you're better than your teacher. So I'm so glad that you lost all your money and I hope this teaches you a lesson and I hope in the future you can be more humble and you can realize that life does not work like that. And then I have friends that they understand that I'm teaching them. They're super humble. They're like, man, I'm going to listen to you. You're my teacher. Um, you tell me what to do. I'm going to listen to you. And they have a different mindset. And those friends, like, surprise, they're the ones that are making a lot of money. They're the ones that I made them a lot of money, that they're uh, actually, you know, uh, making a better life for themselves because they're good students. They're, they're patient. They, they, they know how to flow with life. They have the right mindset. But if you have the, the wrong mindset when you enter blockchain, you're going to lose money because blockchain is about patience and you know about knowing the right people i always tell people uh you know when when you join blockchain when, when you start investing in blockchain you you don't you don't start by uh you know watching an ad on youtube or facebook and ah i'm gonna jump into blockchain you you jump into blockchain uh by the hand of someone you know who uh who's made you know uh who's been successful with blockchain so that's the best advice that i can give anyone out there if you want to start investing in blockchain and all that make sure that you go to someone you know who is successful in blockchain and let him teach you because if you that happened to me that was my my beginner's mistake i i saw some videos in youtube and i i, I thought i already knew everything going on and i went into blockchain and i lost all my money it wasn't a lot it was like a thousand dollars but it was um a learning experience there was a learning curve and I was like, man, I lost all my money, but I mean, this, this thing's cool. I mean, I, I feel like there's potential behind it, but I, I need a teacher. Like, what, what should I do? So then I went to this website called Udemy. I don't know if you know it. I, I think you mentioned it in the, in the last um, podcast, yeah. but go ahead and say what it is. It's U-D-E-M-I, D-E-M-Y. Yeah, U-D-E-M-Y. I mean, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I, I, I say Udemy. I, I, I spell it like that in Spanish. But it's like an online university where people can upload, uh, you know, content about stuff. You know, it can be something like how to use Photoshop, how to invest in blockchain, uh, quantum physics, how to use OBS Studio, how to uh, Twitch. So it's a university where everyone can be a teacher, everyone can learn, but you, you sell the courses online. They're usually super cheap. I mean, there's, well, depend, it depends. If you buy them like in uh, uh, Black Friday, you can get, get like a cryptocurrency course for $10 and stuff. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's amazing. I mean, usually uh, the information there is not that uh, expensive. Sometimes uh, the courses can be a little more expensive depending where you live on. I know for sure that if you're in the United States or in the UK, you know, the, uh, the, the courses are going to be more expensive than if you live in Mexico. If I live in Mexico, I, I can get some of those courses for like $15 or $20. So 
I, I guess that's a way to make it uh, even for people that live in like third world countries. You know, they might not have $20. $20 might be too much for them. So if you live like in Argentina, you can probably get uh, a course for like $10 or something like that. But uh, the, the, the purpose of what I was telling you about is that this website has courses for everyone, uh, for everything. And uh, that's what I did. I was like, okay, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a course for cryptocurrency trading because I like it, but I feel like it blew it up in some areas. So I bought one course from a guy called Superman, who uh, he's a YouTuber who uh, is very popular now. There's a lot of people that listen to him. And uh, he was my mentor. I mean, even though I never really interact with him, I, I don't know him in person. I never took a webinar with him. I never interacted with him. He taught me. He's the reason why I'm here. If it wasn't for Superman, I probably wouldn't be here. So, I mean, if he, if he ever listens to this podcast, if he's somewhere out there, thank you so much for everything you taught me. It was really as simple as going to uh, Udemy, buying your course, and I, lear I learned everything from you. So that's how I started. That's how I got uh, to the point where I'm at right now. I bought a course in Udemy, and uh, that's, that's how I learned. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing because the, this guy, he changed my life. He told me, like, invest in this, invest in that, invest in that. And then from having uh, less than... $1,000 in my account. I had like $50,000 in my account. So the, yeah, I guess my, my, uh, what I'm trying to get at here is that the best way to make money here and to be successful is, uh, having a good teacher. If you have someone, you know, that he's good, that you can see that he's successful, that he's not just chilling information. Now look at me. I'm on Instagram and I have a uh lamborghini like don't listen to those kind of guys those people are not successful the successful uh, the, the successful people are the ones that are humble that they're not like trying to promote their ego trying to um chill you stuff because there's a lot of chillers chillers are people that are trying to make uh make you buy their coin so they can dump on you and then you lose So you, you, you watch this video on YouTube or Instagram. Oh, this guy has a Lamborghini. So he must be very successful. And he's just a chiller. He's just trying to make you buy your, uh, his coins. He's going to dump on you. He's going to make more money and you're going to be poor. So, I mean, I, I guess there's, it's, it's hard to have, uh, to find a master. It's, it's, it's hard to find a teacher. But, uh, you know, once you meet someone who's a good teacher, you're going to, you're going to feel it immediately. And a good That's in your everyday life, but Fernando, you are a teacher with Meta One and for Meta One. I, yeah, I am. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a good teacher. I mean, I, yes. I, get, uh, I am an extension of Superman right now, but I mean, I cannot be always available to everyone because uh, time is limited, unfortunately. And there's a lot of people that uh, need my help. I have to work for the Meta One. I have to help my friends. And I am not really a YouTuber kind of guy. I value my privacy a lot. But yeah. if, you're, if, if you're looking for someone to teach you, go to Udemy and look for Superman or go to YouTube. He's a great teacher. Okay. I, I don't like, I don't like uh, being a uh, YouTuber and all that. But like I said, I value my privacy a lot. Once you, once you scale and once your personality is out there, it's out there. And uh, like I said, yeah. I'm a very private person. Yeah. I, uh, so you've I, created a lot of great content for us already, um, Fernando. 
and you're, I know that you, you know, you prepared a lot of um, information to share about exchanges and that kind of thing. So what I'd like to do is bring you back in a, in a few weeks and just talk about exchanges, the, the differences between the exchanges and that kind of thing. And um, also I wanted to mention that you uh, run our customer support um, are you a main, are you the customer support center or you, I know we have several, um, people that help us with, um, customer support. And if, um, if anybody listening to this podcast wants to get into crypto and wants to get into exchanges or wants to own a wallet and find out how to get, um, <clears throat> to get your foot in the door, a good place to start is Meta One because we do walk you through it. We do communicate. We do teach and um, we, we show you the ropes Absolutely. and we do appreciate we our, our coin appreciates. And um, that's, that's really important too. So th- there's, there's a lot of freedom aspects. There's a lot of privacy aspects and it's just mind blowing. Go on to metawan.io if you haven't already and look at the white paper and see the, the scope of the project. And just like you were saying earlier, Fernando, um, it's, someone can, can hack into your keys or hack into your wallet. Um, the, in just a few short months, you won't be able to do that with MetaOne's keys Absolutely. and wallet. Yeah, so but there's you, you, gotta, lots... you gotta be really careful because one wrong move and all your money is gone. So yeah, like, yeah. It, it so can... Like I said, uh, it's important. I have a personal computer for uh, using cryptocurrencies, and I have a personal phone for using cryptocurrencies. So I, I have, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm super ca- cautious when when it comes to uh, trading and all that. I would recommend you to do that. I mean, it's gonna be a little uh, extra money that you're gonna spend for keeping all your stuff safe, but you cannot put a price on, on you know, keeping all your money safe. Because if you're gonna be investing uh, uh, high amounts of money, maybe if you're just in ba- investing like $500 and all that, maybe you can just uh, screw around for, for right now, just uh, mess around, see uh, what's going on. But uh, if you're investing more than $10,000, I mean, uh, don't be dumb. Buy a $200 laptop and buy a $100 cell phone and use those for cryptocurrencies. I mean, probably will, will be uh, maybe slow because $200 computers aren't usually the, the, the fastest ones, but it's just, you're just going to use it for for using the exchange or and for liquidity pools and stuff like that. And I mean, it's it's you don't really need a fast computer for that. So uh, I mean, if you're listening right now to this podcast and you have more than ten thousand dollars invested in cryptocurrencies, right now go buy a hardware wallet, go buy a two hundred dollar laptop, and go buy a hundred dollar cell phone, and cre- uh, keep your two uh, FA in that phone, keep all your credentials in that phone, and uh, only use those funds. Um, those uh, phones and laptops for interacting with the blockchain. If you have everything right now in your actual phone and you lose it, I mean, if someone finds a way to enter your phone and you have like the Binance app open or whatever, they can steal your cryptocurrencies. And I mean, you could have a lot of money in, inside your your phone or, or whatever. So 
yeah, I mean, yeah, be smart and don't be that guy that lost all, all his money just because he didn't want to spend 200 more extra dollars. That would be mm-hmm. my, that would be the greatest advice that I could be, that I could give to anyone right now with more than $10,000 or maybe even $2,000 worth of cryptocurrencies. Okay. That's, that is really good advice. It, it kind of reminds me something you were talking about hot wallets and cold wallets. It reminds me of the Gaia, Gaia, Gaia television had a, a show on Bitcoin and there mm-hmm. are, there's this underground, deep, hollowed out under earth, highly secured, guarded <laughs> to the hill, the place that they have in Switzerland and all it houses is these computers that hold crypt, uh, Bitcoin on them, and that that's just how valuable it is. It's it's just nuts. If you, if you get a yeah. chance to watch that show, it's amazing to see yeah. the the security around these computers that have the the cold wallets on them. I guess is I never looked at it that way before, but I guess that's what they are, aren't they? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not familiar with that, but uh, send me the link to the video or whatever it is and I'll check it out. But yeah, I mean, that's that's totally right. Yeah. Yeah. And I like something that you said earlier. We, we, we are all uh, because of the generation that we're in and because of the times that we're in, we're all students of cryptocurrency and blockchain and we're all witnessing it evolve and come together and become a new uh, ecosystem that puts a halo on everyone's heads. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. <laughs> it's everyone I, honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way. I feel like, uh, you know, today's generation is more advanced. People are, uh, there's more togetherness. People mm-hmm. are uh, more open-minded and blockchain yeah. is only going to improve that. Yeah. It's like, have you, have you heard that story called iPencil? It's no. the, the story of the making of a pencil and it's um, it's all the components that have to go into making a, a pencil, all the cooperative components across the globe. You have, you know, the pencils made of wood. So you have to cut down a tree and to cut down a tree, you have to have steel for a saw. And then to make the saw work, you have to have Petro. So where does the steel come from? Where does the Petro come from? And uh, you have to have the graphite for the inside of the pencil that has to be mined in South America. And the, the graphite has to be brought to all of these, the, the components of the pencil have to be brought together. You know, you have paint and where does the color in the paint come from? And then of course you have the rubber and the rub for that's grown in the rubber trees that came from Thailand that has to be shipped here. So it's all the cooperative components that have to be brought together. Uh, all of these individuals that contributed in making this, this very small pencil, um, they, they, no one knew each other and commerce yeah. and cooperation had to occur in order for this grand thing to be brought forth in making a pencil. And, and that's, that's sort of what you're talking about is the, the cooperative components and, you know, a lot of manufacturing, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, storage of information. Now I, I know produce is moving to blockchain and transportation is moving to blockchain pretty soon. It will all be connected, which is kind of, you know, it, there would have to be 
that kind of gets me into like um the terminator <laughs> i'm only kidding that the computer science <laughs> Oh, you just blew my mind because I never really thought of about it that way. How you said like to get the pencil, you have to get the wood, and to get the wood, you need the steel. And where does the steel come from, and all that? I mean, I never really looked at it that way, and it blew my mind. You said that's uh, like a documentary or or what? It's it's a story, and I I learned about it in a economic in a economics book, um, Friedman what was his first name, Milton Friedman from his book. But I, I think Roger Ver, I've learned a lot from Roger Ver. Roger he tells Ver. that story a lot. He's, he's my, have you uh, met him? Have you met no, him? But I'd like to have him on the podcast. I would love to, for him to tell his entire story. And he's right in line with us, with our yeah. philosophy, with the freedom, the, the, um, independence, the equity and the honor and the entire structure of what um, cryptocurrency brings to the marketplace and brings to humanity. You know, it, yeah. it breaks the chains of the enslavement, you know, the, the dollar, the sign of the dollar, the sign of the Euro, the sign of the pound, the little um, insignia can technically be called a scourge. And we're getting away from the scourge insignia to the abundance insignia. And I love how Meta One has Metatron's cube, which is all of the platonic solids in, that, that compose yeah. reality. You Physicality is in that. You, you mean the star? Uh-huh. It's, it's okay. Metatron's cube, which is everything in totality working together, coming together for, for yeah. in unity. I know it. I know it as a Merkava, uh, a Merkava. And uh, it's, yeah, it's the same, the same thing. Hmm. So it's, it's definitely not a scourge. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to say, Fernando? We've been talking for a little over an hour. Yeah. Yeah, and we didn't even go through everything. I mean, we missed uh, uh, centralized exchange, decentralized exchanges, uh, the difference between tokens and um, and coins. So I guess we're gonna talk about that uh, on our next, next time. Next, yeah, next time. I don't know when when that's gonna be. I mean, uh, are we gonna put a date on that today, or want to talk about it some other time? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe three weeks. Release another podcast. Um, there, there will be sufficient changes and updates in Meta One Coin to to talk about and to discuss and to share, and I think that will be a, a, enough time to kind of play with it and put it out there. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that sounds perfect. Okay. Uh, just want to remind everyone who's listening that uh, today's Tuesday, right? Today's Tuesday. Today's Tuesday, the 28th, and okay. in three short days. Uh, but other than that, uh, on Thursday, we're going to have another uh, training session. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking about smart contracts and the difference between tokens and coins. This is going to be Thursday. I'm not sure what time uh, we would have to check. Uh, I think uh, we're going to send an email out to everyone, to all of our coin holders, letting you know about the, the time that we're going to have the Zoom call. It's going to be an interactive Zoom call. Uh, there's going to be a Q&A at the end of the, of the presentation. 
And yeah, it's going to be this Thursday. I'm not, uh, are you going to be there? I am. I, I believe it rolls around five central time. Yeah, I think so. It should be somewhere around five central time. Uh, the one and the trainings say- aren't very long. It's, it's usually about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Correct. I didn't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. And you can, you can sign up as if you can um, open an account and it, 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 we have newsletters too. The meta one coin report is very, very, very informative as well that we provide so much. Yeah. Log on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right. Thank you again, Fernando. It's been a pleasure. Not a problem. It's always uh, great to be here with you. I love talking with you. And yeah, we'll we'll make the second part of this podcast in a few weeks. And we'll continue talking about uh, exchanges and uh, some other good stuff that... uh, The anatomy of cryptocurrencies and how to use them. I got a lot of really good information from you today. So thank you. Thank you very much. It's always great for me to hear uh, from people that they understand, they understood what I was talking about, because sometimes, you know, in your head, you feel like you're super clear and that uh, everyone's understanding you, but in reality, they're not. But I feel like you understood everything that I talked about today, right? I did. I did. Very good. You did a really good job of explaining. Also, one more thing before we close, we do have something called Light Gear. It's L-I-G-H-T. G-E-A-R, and it is, you can get Meta One um, Insignia, the, the, the Metatron's Cube on clothes, mugs, all kinds of stuff. It's lightgear.io, sandals, there's towels, there's, <laughs> it's an entire line of, of really good um, quality products, and you can show your support and enthusiasm for crypto and meta one by going to lightgear.io. You can also find out more about the freedom, uh, the um, individual sovereignty, some of the uh, conversation that we had a little earlier regarding the birth certificate and becoming a human living in and out of the matrix at the same time, evolving your consciousness of who is an authority over you, who is your authority and what authority is. You can find out more about that kind of thing at number eight, universal law, number eight.io. And of course, you've heard me say meta1.io several times in the podcast. Thank you for joining. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to our banter. Thank you for your participation in the cryptocurrency market space and in Meta1. We always like to hear what you have to say. Please comment, like, and share. And until next time, live freely. Do I drop it?